and we finished nine games ahead of the Cubs last year, so I, I appreciate the friendly competition. Ooh, <laughs> right. I just, I just, a little shot there. He did go on to say that no, he's, he fully expects the Cubs to still bring it, and he expects the Cardinals to be much, much better. In fact, he said St. Louis, he believes, just ran into some bad luck last year. I just think our guy's not a great trash talker. <laughs> just kind of danced around like him. It features gotta catch up red and Big Mac, please. Polish colors. There's a brown to-go bag containing a French fry beige press-on French Manny set, plus tiny pickle and burger nail stickers. The sets are available at Target and on Amazon for 9 bucks. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Since I don't typically shop in nail colors, sure. is this something that people were asking for? <laughs> <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 712 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You mentioned earlier in the news that President Biden is moving forward with a loan forgiveness yes. plan. Now, folks who remember this story remember the U.S. Supreme Court. It got argued all the way up to the mm-hmm. U.S. Supreme mm-hmm. Court. The Supreme Court said uh, the president doesn't have power to unilaterally wave a wand and just eliminate debt that's owed to the taxpayers. So what gives? So more than 150,000 Americans will start getting notices that President Biden and the White House has forgiven their student debt. Well, this is part of a program that the Supreme Court did not reject. Okay, So there are multiple facets to it, and this one escaped... Correct. Yep, yep, yep. So this is called the SAVE plan. Those eligible had enrolled in the newest student loan plan. As part of this plan, people with small initial loan balances who have been paying it down for a decade or longer will be let out of their debts. So I guess this would go for those who have been consistent with being able to pay it back and the loan balance hasn't been significantly large. That would make this, you know, that make you part of this plan. Uh, Here's what Andy Field had to say about it. It's like winning one of those publishers' sweepstakes, except this time the president is wiping out student debt. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yes. And we're all paying for it. Uh, uh, So if you meet the requirements and the plan forgives the rest of your student debt, that would bring the total received debt to nearly 4 million Americans if everyone were actually able to apply and if you were able to get through it. So. 150,000 Americans to start, but this could grow depending on if you fall into the right, into the right guidelines. Well, I'll tell you what they need to get out in front of here while well, they're already behind it is anybody who's got kids in school right now, you know, the FAFSA thing is all messed up. FAFSA is, if you haven't had kids get to that point yet, this is the documents that every family, when you send your kids to school, mm-hmm. has to fill out. It's the financial forms. And then that determines a lot of these formulas about how much school is going to cost, how yep, much yep. eligibility you have for various loans and things mm-hmm. like that. And the, think Congress passed legislation saying that they had to overhaul this system, make it simpler. Either way, that effort has been underway for years, and the rollout was this year, and it's a mess. Mm. It, to the point that some schools are saying, like, we have to extend our application deadlines because some families are trying to determine whether or not they can afford to go to school here, and we can't tell them because we don't have the answers because your website's all messed up. <laughs> want to fix something, fix that. That's happening now. Right. <laughs> 7.14, Wisconsin's Morning News. we got sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. At 7.16, Brewers back at it. Second full squad spring training workout set for today at American Family Fields of Phoenix. First game coming up already Saturday afternoon. Our guide, WTMJ's Dom Catronio, is there for spring training. 
And so he's in this news conference yesterday. You mentioned before Mark Antanasio, the Brewers' principal owner, is there speaking with reporters. And Antanasio is also saying, we had Yelich yesterday complaining. I don't know if he was complaining, but just saying, ah, nobody ever gives us a shake in the offseason here, so we just come out here and do what we do. That's true. That's true. Well, Antanasio also took some issue with outside of the folks here in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. A lot of... A lot of national media don't pay the Brewers much mind. You know, last eight years, we're one of the three best teams in the National League. Since I bought the club in 2005, we're one of the four best. Uh, That gets disregarded largely uh, in the national media, Bob. (laughs) Bob. (laughs) Hey, Bob. What you doing there, Bob? So I was watching it. Dom posted it on Twitter. And Antanasio's looking at Bob. Who's Bob? Dom said it was... Bob Nightingale. Oh, yeah, USA Today guy. Yeah, yeah. USA Today guy, sports, mm-hmm. and kind of does some columns and things like that, like <laughs> nationally known sports. So he kind of looks right at Bob. Not a lot of love from you over there, Bob. He was kind of joking, but kind of serious, and I don't know. Well, he's not wrong. But I, I love the Brewers. I like our chances every year. I'm always optimistic. I always feel good. Like, I'm a big homer for my team. Yeah. But even that gets a little tiresome for me. I mean, like... I keep going back to when Brian D was doing sports with us. I think it was a Badgers take or whatever. Yes. But he was tired of hearing people whining about, how oh, can we don't get any respect? And if you want us to take you seriously, make us take you seriously. <laughs> yes. Amen. That applies to so many things. Well, All right. Win the whole damn thing here then. But also, I don't understand. I, I will say this too, though. Like, any, I, I don't disagree with uh, Yelly or, or Atanasio, but nobody cares. I, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Right. If the just win the games, yes, just win the games like you're saying. It, it, who cares if no one is picking you to win that playoff game or picking you to make the NL Central Division? Like who? Please prove them wrong. <laughs> yes. Please, I'd I'm much. I, I'd rather that actually be the case. I'd rather be under the radar than everyone expecting you to win. Aforementioned Badgers uh, in basketball don't play again until next week Tuesday. They've got Indiana coming up. Beat Maryland seventy four seventy at the Kohl Center in Madison. And I mentioned this earlier. The Badgers. Uh, football team kind of in the news this morning. This is a sort of maybe could be happening deal. What is that? There's a report out there. It was picked up by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that Bucky could be at Lambeau Field once again in this coming season. Now, we already know the Badgers are scheduled to play Notre Dame at Lambeau Field in the 2026 season. But this report in JS cites a tweet from the Wildcat Report. So at a Northwestern University suggesting that Lambeau could be the venue for the Badgers meeting with Northwestern coming up on October 19th. Now, that would be a home game for Northwestern. What gives? Jeff Patrikas was writing about it in the Journal Sentinel, said Northwestern, they're tearing down their stadium there in Evanston, building a new stadium for football. So they have to find other places to play. And he says that this tweet was citing the athletic director from Northwestern telling some alumni in New York that, hey, Lambeau Field's in play. For that October 19th game. So take that for what it is. It's about a fifth party reporting now. Right, right, right. But Heard at least the that's grapevine. out there. Yeah, but if it did happen, you'd have like the uh, Northwestern marching band there. It'd be a Northwestern. Like, They'd be playing this the whole time. <laughs> yeah, they, it'd be, all the imagery would be <laughs> Northwestern, which is weird. It'd be packed full of red. So that could happen. That's out there. Patricus couldn't get anybody to deny it, but didn't get anyone to confirm okay. it either. 720, Wisconsin's Morning News. Rolling on a Wednesday morning, you see a report from CNN that President Biden directed his campaign to ramp up attacks on former President Donald Trump by highlighting his own words. 
or as the president reportedly phrased it, that crazy shoot that Trump says. <laughs> From CNN, President Joe Biden personally directed his senior campaign aides in recent days to focus more aggressively on former President Donald Trump's inflammatory comments, according to two sources familiar with the president's edict. I, he's not wrong. That is a great right. strategy. Well, and then careful what you wish for, because you know what you're going to get on oh, the other sure. side. They'll ramp up all the gaffes and all the slurred words and all the other and things again, for the sitting president. That's a good strategy for the Trump side to <laughs> right. take. So that's the battle taking shape between uh, the two front runners. Next big thing for the former president, uh, CPAC kicks off today. What is CPAC? Conservative Political Action Conference, which the Independent describes this way. Another four-day jamboree of grandstanding speeches, culture war grievances, and mega electioneering. It's not entirely unfair, um, as the remaining primary challenger for the former president, former ambassador Nikki Haley, is not scheduled to speak at CPAC. So this is a Trump coronation. Oh, yeah. yep. uh, big pro-Trump crowd. Uh, former President Trump will headline that final day of the conference on Saturday. Okay. So that's when we get his big speech. Ambassador Haley, meanwhile, had her day Tuesday in a speech that her campaign described as the state of the race. Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Well, I'm not. All right, then. Also, the former governor of her home state, South Carolina. So that primary is coming up Saturday. And while many pundits call it a must win, Ambassador Haley vowed to stay in the race regardless. Maybe she will, maybe she won't, because it's not the first time we've heard someone a week before primary say, I'm in this for the long haul. And, and then, then on Monday, like, they get hey, slaughtered and they're like, there's no path to victory. We need to get behind <laughs> right, the race. Right. But given that this will only be the fourth state to have a primary or a caucus so far. I refuse to quit. South Carolina will vote on Saturday. But on Sunday, I'll still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere. Another smart move, I think. I mean, it's so long as you have the money, I suppose. So there's that. There's pressure from some party bosses for her to drop out. But ABC News political director Rick Klein says she's still got money to continue this campaign. For all the talk about her dropping out, the donors haven't really uh, haven't really been putting a lot of pressure on her. She still has money. She still has the resources. And she still has a lot of people that are saying, look, you have to do what you can to stop Trump because they believe that for no other reason that Trump is, is the worst candidate for Republicans to put forward against President Biden. Yeah, and so if you're wishy-washy about whether or not you're going to stay in the race, well, we'll see what happens. Like, you're not going to get any donor right. support. Of course not. Everybody wants to back the winner, right? You want to curry favor with the person who's going to be the nominee and hopefully, uh, as far as those donors are concerned, the president. So you want to curry favor with that person. So if you're not sure whether your person's going to even still be in the race, you're yeah, not going to get money. money. Yeah. Uh, some Haley supporters suggest that she stays in the race just because who knows what happens. With the president's ongoing legal battles, will any of the court cases against him cause conservative voters to rethink support for him or anything else that can happen? Still five months out from the RNC here in Milwaukee. Uh, Klein's analysis a little bit less enthusiastic about that type of scenario. The only way to beat Donald Trump is to actually beat Donald Trump. And if she doesn't do that in South Carolina, I don't see how she starts doing that somewhere else. Voters in South Carolina head to the polls on Saturday. And there's others like McCain. He had a, a late surge when he was first running for president in 2008 like that i i believe his campaign was almost on the rocks at one point before he finally kind of came out so it's still possible i'm not saying that's going to happen here but it's been done before but you know it would be huge for her and can she do it you right. gotta win that thing in south carolina 
But nonetheless, she says she is in the race. How many people and how hard they had to work to get the Antetokounmpo family here in Wisconsin years ago. That story is coming up in Sports at 745. First trial in that deadly onset shooting, that movie set shooting involving New Mexico and involving Alec Baldwin. It starts today. Now, this one doesn't have Baldwin. This one has the armorer on that film. Remember that? The movie was this called This is the Rust. person who's in charge of yes, the guns yes. that are on the set. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed goes on trial today for involuntary manslaughter and tampering charges. Jury selection is going to take place first. Now, prosecutors say Gutierrez-Reed was negligent in handling the weapons and the ammo on the set. This happened way back in 2021, and now finally going to trial. that here. long ago? Yeah. One of the factors that led to Alec Baldwin pulling the trigger on a gun that should never have been loaded with live rounds, so that's why they believe that she's somehow involved with this, is that why would, why would there have been live rounds in this gun? Now, Baldwin is also facing an involuntary manslaughter charge. His trial date hasn't yet been figured out. My guess is he's going to figure out a way. He's got lawyers to work for him to, to figure out that one. But, and he claims he never pulled the trigger. That's the whole other wrinkle to it, and so many people have, so many experts have said, like, ah, man, how is that possible? Now, unless they somehow can, you know, put more of that on her, somehow blame her for the credibility issues. There's accusations that she had cocaine on set too, and she was kind of running around when the police showed up. She was running around trying to hide things and move stuff around because she was freaked (laughs) out. Like, so there's a lot of allegations there that are expected to come out during this trial. So maybe that will help Baldwin set up his. And regardless of where you come down and his level of responsibility, clearly there shouldn't have been live, live shells on set. Clearly that shouldn't have ended up in the gun. I don't know how she gets out from under this one, but that trial starts today. today. 738 Wisconsin's morning news. This report brought to you by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. Southeast Wisconsin, of course, a very generous community. We think of nonprofits we support. You know, you want to do things like the basics. You put food on the table for families. Waukee Diaper Mission has grown in prominence and need, sadly. Clothing to Goodwill. You were just doing your JDRF. That's right. Yeah. Fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, Special Olympics, for me, have talked a lot about that. All wonderful things. One thing we don't often think about is our feet. And there is a need for shoes and socks, just like anything else. And each year locally, family-owned stands fit for your feet stores. They spend February collecting gently used shoes and new socks in their annual share repair food drive. I've known this family for a lot of years. The Sajak family has been in business a long time here in southeast Wisconsin. Something they believe really strongly in. So I spoke with Megan Sajak about the drive, which runs through the end of this month. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. Milwaukee has been so great to us supporting our family's business for 74 years and continuing that it's a really great thing that we can take our passion of shoes and give that back to our Milwaukee community. Milwaukee really needs shoes and through the wonderful nonprofits are able to give shoes locally. And let's clarify for folks as well. You're not looking for something that ought to be thrown out. You're looking for something, as you said, that still still has a little bit of life. The shoes should be in reasonably decent condition. We say new and gently used. We prefer no holes and things like that because we really want shoes that can be worn and shoes that really can help support someone else and someone who feels good in those shoes. And socks, too. Yes, absolutely. Socks, too. That is 
so important. Men's socks, women's socks, and kids' socks. We will um, accept all of them at our stores. Megan, I know you and your brothers have had an opportunity to meet with people both here and abroad who are directly impacted by the work that you've done over the years. It is. That's probably one of the most important things and the most exciting parts of our family business is to really give back to our community. And I have, and my brothers and my dad and I and family, we have been able to um, go to Milwaukee Rescue Mission and Repairs at the Breach and fit individuals in Milwaukee, fit like over 700 individuals in one day with shoes from, from the donations. And that is just such an incredible day where we're really changing someone's life and we're able to speak with them and talk to them and really see the person that will be wearing those shoes. And it really makes a huge difference in their lives. Start walking. What a little Nancy Sinatra for you today, too. I like that. A fantastic song. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so I rented six pair of shoes the other day at the location near me. I'm on the south side, so I went into Greenfield. And for me, it's like uh, most of them were my tennis shoes, where the shoes are still in good shape structurally. It's just I wear out the tread a little bit. Okay. So I can't get the, you know. The competitive edgy, you know, you got to. You know, <laughs> oh, I get it. Got to have that tread fully oh, sure, operational. No, but uh, that's available for you. The stands fit for your feet locations: Brookfield, Greenfield, and Glendale, and they give you ten bucks off a new pair of shoes at any stands location for each pair that you donate. And you have until the end of the month. Seven forty-four. We got sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call. That's all. Sports desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. Brewer spring training underway in Arizona, and per the usual, this is protocol usually annually, principal owner Mark Atanasio addressing the media as they get underway, says he looks forward to a competitive NL Central division this year. Listen to this. I hesitate to say this, but uh, so I won't name the team, but there was a team that was widely picked to win last year that finished 21 games behind us, <laughs> and we finished nine games ahead of the Cubs last year, so I, I appreciate the friendly competition. Ooh, <laughs> right. That's a little shot there. He did go on to say that no, he's, he fully expects the Cubs to still bring it, and he expects the Cardinals to be much, much better. In fact, he said St. Louis, he believes, just ran into some bad luck last year. I just think our guy's not a great trash talker. <laughs> he just kind of danced around like, I'm, I'm really nice, and we're, you know, oh, Wisconsin nice, too, and there may I have been some it. other teams that maybe didn't kind of, you know, they sucked last year. Uh, First time you can hear the Brewers on the radio, Saturday. Available today on Bucks Plus. That's our new venture with exclusive behind-the-scenes podcasted material with the Milwaukee Bucks. Story about how Giannis Antetokounmpo became a superstar. And if you've read the biography or now seen the documentary, you know Giannis, when, you know, when he was drafted by the Bucks and came here to Milwaukee, came alone. And he obsessed daily, hourly, right. about bringing his entire family to Milwaukee. Talk to everybody at the Bucks, anybody who would listen, some who were tired of hearing it. Like, right. what about my family today? Yep, yep. What about my family today? Needed to get them to the U.S. Couldn't get them out of Greece. Having done immigration casework for Senator Cole for as long as I had and as long as his office had, um, you just don't take no for an answer. You just keep sort of working through it. So if one door closes, you try to go through another door and you try to troubleshoot along the way. That's Joy and Anton. Now, folks who know Senator Cole and folks who are kind of plugged in like us in the media that cover that stuff. We know Joanne, but Mm -hmm. a lot of folks don't. She's a behind the scenes person. She worked for us Senator Herb Cole. And then of course, owner of the bucks as well forever. And she lobbied as high as reportedly, or the Cole team did the secretary of state, John Kerry to 
get the Antetokounmpo family approved for visas to come here to the U.S. We've not heard before from Joanne on all of this. And she tells Bucks Plus Stephen Watson what it was like finally for the Bucks and for Giannis to have that weight lifted. I just think what happened from that moment on, like even that night when Giannis went out and played, he played like a different person. He was a different person, right? I mean, just this burden had been lifted and... Um, we know we know what happened after that. Yeah, all the good stuff after that. So that interview among the new content available on Bucks Plus, wherever you get your podcasts, and at bucks.com slash plus. We got Mark Tauscher coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Idea man. My parents, we had we had prune-filled donuts, and I never understood why, because nobody <laughs> liked prune. Innovator. Uh, why do prunes get such a bad rap? Because I don't have a problem. I think Fig is in that same family. I love Fig Newton. And Packers Hall of Famer. I think they're in the same family, are they not? But if you go over and have like a fancy dinner with wine, they're going to fire Fig at you. Nobody's ever firing prunes at you. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News. Sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Cotton breathes. See, it, it, it's much softer. I mean, imagine playing games and your team is five degrees cooler than the other team. Don't you think that would be an advantage? They're cooler, they're more comfortable, they're happier. <laughs> Gosh, you, you have to remember the Seinfeld, right? Costanza's working for the Yankees, and he rolls out the cotton unis. Yeah. No, I do, and I I, don't, I think the the next clip that you would have is, didn't the jersey shrink, and then, you know, players couldn't swing and everything else. But, yeah, that to I me, have that for uh, you if you need it. Eric? <laughs> when, when Seinfeld was at its best, I think is when Costanza was working for the Yankees, and he's fixing Danny Tartable's swing, and you know he's talking <laughs> uh, all of those. You know he's he's breaking down the physics of the swing, all this other stuff. But the the whole co- cotton concept and how he really felt like he was going to change and a big being a huge part of the Yankees. Uh, that's when I think the show was at its best. Wade Boggs, what a fabric! Finally, we can breathe. <laughs> So there's a real-life reason we bring this up today, Tausch, is MLB has introduced new jerseys this year, and the guys don't like them. Like, new unis, top to bottom. In fact, like, Tony Clark, the uh, head of the union, is going, he says, we're going to get this taken care of. Like, he says he's taking it upon himself now to figure out how they can solve this quote-unquote problem before opening day. Yeah, there is. So I think when you – this whole trend of different unis and – trying to be hip. I think Oregon, the University of Oregon, I think was one of the big trendsetters with, you know, obviously Nike money and Phil Knight and trying to sell a bunch of jerseys and having it hip. But players are crazy with when it comes to their fit, uh, you know, how they look, what that is going to do for their play. You know, the old saying, look good, feel good, play good. Uh, That is... That is taken to heart, and I just remember for us, I mean, we had the same unis for most of the time as a Green Bay Packer. It was the you know the the pants, and then you'd either do the green at home or you'd do the white on the road, yeah. and that was that. And every time there was a throwback game, like if we'd play up in Detroit and we'd have different pants, or if we, God forbid, ever had to go with a different helmet, 
where it was painted different. Well, the face mask and the, oh, this this paint is thicker. <laughs> and I am not one that was one about like worried about the fit because let's be honest, uh, fashion's not my deal. But if it was comfortability and I can I get out of my stance. And the one that always got me was the there is the. You, you never wore a belt. It was always like a kind of the Sansa belt thing, right? It's it's cloth. Yeah. Well, then for this game, they gave us the big, basically like a belt you'd wear to church. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't play with a belt that you're going to wear to church. Like a so big, thick, like this a big, whole idea of players. Yeah, well, it was – I don't know what anyone was thinking when we were doing that, but players, it matters. And it's interesting that you – know, I think it's Fanatics that has taken over – the merchandise for Major League Baseball, and I think the NFL, they want to sell product. They want to constantly be moving forward with things, but players are going to push back if they think it's going to affect their performance at all. Well, it's one thing if it doesn't look good, but if it's not comfortable, I think you're totally onto something. I mean, not, not to draw a parallel here, but we switched pants for varsity football. When I was at Tosa East, we got these really cool new uniforms. <laughs> here we go. They were the shiny pants. They came out, they debuted Tausch my junior year, and everybody loved them. They were super awesome. But we had. How'd you play? Amazing. You play? Amazing in the shiny oh. pants. Or at least I thought I did. So I have. Okay, so I, I, my first game at Wisconsin, I was a freshman. I was never going to play. But we wore, we had always been, you know, the Cardinal and the way it was always the classic look. Well, we have Colorado coming in on a, I believe it was a prime time game, the first game of the season. So we go and we warm up and for, for you, the football wise, it is a bear to put shoulder pads on. You're taping your jersey on. It is a whole production to get it off and on. Well, we go and to surprise our fans and our, uh, as a team, Coach Alvarez gets us these fancy new jerseys that are white crim on the side. Everybody goes in and changes out. Everybody's jacked up. Oh, my God, these unis are awesome. They're hip. Colorado beats us by 45 points, and those jerseys never saw the light of day again. <laughs> they were in the burn pile out back at Camp Randall. Uh, you know, I think, you know how if the if you make the championship merchandise and it gets you don't win, it gets shipped somewhere far, far away? Yeah. I'm pretty sure somewhere far, far away, somebody's wearing those Wisconsin unis that Colorado smoked us at, <laughs> and you'll never to be seen again. Talk again tomorrow, Tosh. That's awesome. Let's see ya. And the Yankees take the field. Hey, what is with the Yankees? They look like they're having trouble running. They can't move. It's their uniforms. They're too tight. They've shrunk. They're running like penguins. Forget this game. Oh, my God. Mattingly just split his pants.